All right, thank you guys. You can turn to the book of Acts tonight, Acts chapter number 9. I will read Matthew 28, 19 and 20 before we get to Acts chapter number 9. And I appreciate the music, appreciate uh, that group of men. On Father's Day, it's a good reminder of men that uh, uh, we, need to, we need to be expected to lead. And uh, I'm thankful for uh, the men in this church. I'm thankful for the ladies and the kids as well. But, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good thing uh, in this day to have men who are dedicated to the cause of Christ. Uh, men who are dedicated to serving the Lord. And so it's a good reminder that we have that responsibility. Tonight we're going to look at the follow-through of the Great Commission. While you're turning to Acts chapter number 9, uh, I'm going to move very quickly tonight because we uh, are going to ordain our, our three new deacons this evening. And so that'll take a few moments, but I want to make sure that we cover everything uh, that we want to cover tonight. So as I read Matthew 28, 19, and 20, and we're reminded, Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Two, uh, three weeks ago, I spoke on the conversion of the Great Commission and uh, how uh, we are looking to win people, our, our conversion. And uh, in order to fulfill the Great Commission, we must be converted to the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. Then last week, the baptism of the Great Commission and uh, how that first step of baptism is that public confession. I'm following Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. I'm a convert of Christ. This morning, we spoke on the uh, discipleship, that third part of the Great Commission, what it means to uh, be a disciple, what it means to make a disciple, and that responsibility we have. And so tonight's message, the follow-through of the Great Commission, ties right into that. Acts chapter number 9, and a story we've referenced a couple of other services uh, as we've looked at the Great Commission, but I want to spend uh, the time we have tonight in this uh, passage of Scripture. Acts chapter 9, look at me verse number 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus. If you understand where we are in the book of Acts, the beginning of this chapter, there's a conversion of Saul. Uh, Saul, the church persecutor. Saul, the evil man. Saul, the, the, the Christian murderer. Uh, Saul met Christ on the road to Damascus, and Saul was converted. Uh, what a wonderful reminder that God can save any man. Any man can be saved that will just turn to Christ. So we, but after his salvation, which of course is very significant, we look in verse number 10, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. I must point out, God calls him a disciple. He's a disciple. He's a disciple, and I'm getting ahead of myself, that never preached a revival that we know of. A disciple that never held a, we don't know a position he held. But God said, there was a, in, in, uh, in, there, in, in Damascus, he knew there was a certain disciple named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And I've seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. 
For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes that it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Tonight we're going to look at the follow-through of the Great Commission. Father, once again we come to your word and we're reminded of the great task that is given to your church. We're reminded of the responsibility to reach men with the gospel. We're reminded, as we were this morning, that to be a disciple of yours, we must be a fisher of men. We must be seeking the souls of men as someone sought for our soul. And Father, I pray that tonight we'll be reminded of the truth of the follow-through and the investment in the lives of others. We ask your hand of blessing. May the Spirit of God speak to us tonight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Imagine with me, if you will, and I've used many Wednesday night Bible studies uh, to teach different aspects of the epistles of the Apostle Paul. Uh, think back to 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and Paul writes that he's ready to be offered. His time is at hand. He's ready to meet his Savior. Well, as he gets to this point in his life, he has accomplished so much for the Lord. Uh, he is, we can reflect on all that he had accomplished in his life. What a great man, what a great Christian, what a great servant of God the Apostle Paul was. What a man who made sacrifices, a man who God used, a, a man who took the gospel to the Gentiles. We have the gospel because of the willingness of the Apostle Paul. But often lost in the shadows of the great Apostle Paul was a man named Ananias. What great work did he do for God? Did he start a church? Did he see multitudes accept Christ? Did he do miracles? Not that we are told in Scripture. Who was this man named Ananias? He was just a certain disciple who just happened to live in Damascus. On the road that Christ just happened to confront Saul. And Saul just happened to choose to believe on Christ. He just happened to be in that place where this certain disciple Ananias lived. Who was this man? He was just a man who obeyed God and helped a new convert. Who was this new convert? This new convert had been a wicked man. This new believer was, had lived a vile life. This new convert of Christ was a known enemy of the church. He was a murderer. Yet, while he was all of these things, as he was known before his conversion while religious, a lot about the things, the religious things needed somebody to guide him. The Apostle Paul is the story of the power of salvation through Christ. But it's also the story of Ananias. A Christian who followed through in the Great Commission. We look at the Apostle Paul and 
we give the life of the Apostle Paul the attention because God used him in such a great way. But I promise you, heaven is very aware of the disciple named Ananias. He was a Christian who followed through in the Great Commission. See, there would be no Apostle Paul if there had been no Ananias. Ananias went to Saul and asserted himself as the person God sent the help in his new life. In verse number 18, we find as, as, as Ananias comes to Saul and, and he received his sight as God told him he would, I want you to notice that as soon as he got his sight back, he was baptized. He was instructed, now that you're a new convert, now that you have believed on Christ, that commission that Jesus gave his church to teach all nations, then baptize him. Now, Saul, I don't know who you're going to be. I don't know you're going to be the Apostle Paul. I don't know that you're going to write much of the New Testament. I don't know that you're going to take the gospel to the known world. I do know this. Jesus told his church that after you're saved, you need to get baptized. And Saul followed the Lord in baptism. After he was baptized, verse 19, and when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. He not only baptized, then he was baptized, he spent time in the church. He begins to be discipled by the disciples who were there. He begins to be discipled by that church who gave them the instruction that Christ had given, given him. As he was strengthened, he began to grow as a Christian. And, and yes, he was able to grow very, very quickly because of what, what he knew and what God had put in his life. But then in verse number 20, we find a straightway he preached Christ. Not only did he begin to grow with the church, he began to serve in the church. And here we see the great commission fulfilled or being fulfilled in the life of this man named Saul. I think oftentimes we look at somebody like the Apostle Paul. What a mighty man for God. What an incredible Christian. What a man who said, I am crucified with Christ. And he certainly wanted to please his Savior. He was willing to, to suffer and, and to be imprisoned and to even give his life for the Lord Jesus Christ. What a mighty Christian for God. But yet, there was a time when he was a new convert. There was a time when he was taught you need to be baptized. Why? Because Christ had commissioned that, to be baptized by the authority of the church. Then he needed to grow. He needed to be taught. He needed to begin serving. If he had not fulfilled, the, the, the Great Commission had not been fulfilled in his life, there would have never been the Apostle Paul as we know him. This is a good reminder to you and I of the importance of the follow-through of the Great Commission. As Saul was converted, he needed someone to walk him through those next steps. Someone to say, okay, you need to get baptized. And Saul followed as he was commanded. Saul was instructed. Can you imagine the entrance into heaven that Paul made? Think about the rejoicing. Think about the impact. But I don't have any way to prove this. 
but it's what I believe. I believe when Ananias took his last breath, and Ananias entered into the gates of heaven, the reception was just as big. The reception was just as magnificent. And sometimes we as men, we see how God uses somebody, and we see the things that they've accomplished, and certainly... I'm not minimizing God has specific tasks for certain people. But you cannot minimize the role that everybody has in the church, in the investment into another life. The example I use all the time of D.L. Moody and that great man who shook two continents for God and at least three million souls is estimated to walk the aisles in his meetings trusting Christ as their Savior. There was a faithful Sunday school teacher that got burdened. For a, for, a, for a teenage young man and won him to Christ and, and taught him the next ways to go and saw that he got baptized and saw that he grew and he answered the call of God on his life. I promise you, there are, there are, multi, there are many rewards for the faithfulness of a D.L. Moody, but there's just as many, if not more, for the man, Ed Kimball. I want us to see several things about the follow-through of the Great Commission we find in this man named Ananias. Let me say number one, the follow-through of the Great Commission is a, is a God-given responsibility. I hope through this series of the Great Commission, we don't look at this as an option. Or if we feel like it. It's a God-given responsibility. If our friends and our neighbors die and go to hell around us, and we have not given them the gospel, it is our failure, not Washington, D.C.'s failure. It is our fault, not Hollywood's fault, not Disney's fault. It's the church's fault. The, the follow-through of the Great Commission is a God-given responsibility. Look at verse number 10 through 12 again. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in the vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Now bear in mind, Christ has already given his commission. Then verse 11, the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight. And inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Now I remind you of what I've reminded you in the past. Can you imagine? I mean, God, G Jesus calling your name. Ananias. Oh, man. He was a disciple. Scripture tells us. Yes, Lord, what do you need? Whatever you need. And he begins to tell him, arise and go into the street which is called straight. Okay. All right. I I I'm getting this. And inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. He knew who this man was. And as I've mentioned before, but I've referenced this before, he, he had to be thinking, and now he knows my name. And you, you're sending me to him, and you've told him I'm coming? The follow-through of the Great Commission is a God-given responsibility. You and I have been given the same responsibility. You might well say, well, Pastor, if, the, if Jesus called my name, I would do it. He's already commanded the church. 
All he did here was say there's a specific man that I'm sending your way. And while he may not call our name, we, pa- we cross the paths of specific men on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis, is a God-given responsibility. There's too many Christians that sit around and say, I wonder what God has for my life. What does God have for me? He's given you a responsibility. We're all, if we're part of His church, and we are, we've been given the responsibility to not just reach people with the gospel, but to teach them and instruct them. The follow through the Great Commission is a God-given responsibility. It's important for you and I to have that established in our life. Number two, the follow through of the Great Commission is an act of compassion. Saul was blind. Saul was now a child of God, but his mission had changed. And at this point, he wasn't even sure what that mission was. He's confused, he's blinded, he knows now he's saved. I wonder if, picture with me if you would, try, let's try and get into the mind of a man like Saul. His mission and his goal had been to destroy the church. Why? Because they had believed that Jesus was the Son of God. They had believed that Jesus was the Savior. Now that he had met him, he knew he had been wrong. He knew he had spread a message that was not true. And in his mind, he's thinking, how do I make those wrongs right? How do I let everybody know that Jesus is alive? Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Savior. We can only suppose as we would try and get into the mind of a man like Saul and And he is blinded, he can't see, but he's been told that there's a man that is coming. And when he comes, you'll get your sight back. And he waits. And he waits. And he waits. I wonder how many have trusted Christ as their Savior. And they wait for somebody to help them along the way. They wait for somebody to instruct them. They had, they had believed and put all their faith in grandma's religion. They had, they had believed in their own self-sufficiency and they met the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether somebody gave them a gospel track or whether they, they heard a message of salvation and, and now they're looking for somebody to come along and say, let me help you in your Christian life. The follow-through of the Great Commission is an act of compassion. Look at verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Ananias obeyed his Lord. Ananias did as he was instructed, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, 
How is this an act of compassion? Because a man who would have murdered him days before, he now accepted into his spiritual family. He cared for him in spite of what he was, not knowing what he would be. And friend, you and I need to model this compassion. There are those certainly that we need to have compassion on that are on their way to hell. And we need to give them the gospel and and tell them of a risen Savior and how they can have salvation. But friend, might I say, we also need the compassion of, of, of Christians today who see somebody who's just been saved recently and, well, they didn't come to church today. They don't know that they, or they get difficulty in, in the growth and have somebody who would come to them and say, Brother Saul, the Lord has sent me to help you. And oh, what an example it would be if, if we see somebody missing who's been saved for a short time or somebody who hasn't been in church very long. We miss them on Sunday and, and we show up at their house later in the week and we say, Brother Saul, the Lord has sent me to help you. The follow-through of the Great Commission is an act of compassion. We look at what he was and he accepted him into the family. He called him a brother. You know, there are those who are saved out of a life of wickedness. Now they're a brother. Now they're a sister. It's an act of compassion to befriend them. You know, let me just say this. It do some of you good to actually be a friend to somebody. And, 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 and stop sitting around and, 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 and focus on yourself and, and, and how, well, my needs aren't getting met. Why don't you meet the needs of somebody else? That's what a disciple is. And we've had plenty of visitors, plenty of new people coming and attending on a regular basis that somebody could say, the Lord hath sent me to help you. Number three, the follow-through of the Great Commission is a commitment to the potential of another. The follow-through of the Great Commission is a commitment to the potential of another. I would dare say that in the average church and the average Christian, if you knew Saul would be Paul, Christians would be beating their door down to help them. But truth of the matter is, Ananias had no idea that Saul would be Paul. He had no idea that he would be used, other than the Lord said he's a chosen vessel. See, the follow-through of the Great Commission is a commitment to the potential of another. We must be reminded that every new Christian's potential. And God has a plan for their life. Well, Pastor, do you, is my convert going to be the next Paul? Well, there won't be another Apostle Paul. But your convert's going to maybe somebody's daddy, somebody's husband. Somebody's mama, somebody's wife, somebody's son, somebody's daughter. One day, somebody's Sunday school teacher. One day, a pastor. One day, a missionary. One day, a, that faithful servant who advances and helps the cause of Christ. See, the follow-through of the Great Commission is a commitment to the potential of another. Well, I, I just, I get frustrated with, okay, what, are, what could they be? 
What could they be for the Lord? We have a responsibility to reach people with the gospel because there is a hell. Those that die without Christ will spend eternity there. But for every child of God, we have a responsibility to help them grow, invest in them, disciple them, if you will, instruct them to observe whatsoever things the Lord has taught because it's a commitment to their potential. Let me remind, we're limited in our Sunday school space, so we're, of course, limited in our Sunday school classes. But let me remind those of you that teach Sunday school, you don't know who sits in your class. Let me remind our Christian school teachers, and it might very well be the, the kid that you can't control. You say, Pastor, which one? They're all that way in my class. You don't know what God will do with them. You don't know the impact that you can have in their life that they can have. See, we, we say we care as a church, and I'm being very general because this is a church that I believe is above average, but we need to hear this. We can do better in this. We say we care for the world and we care for those around us. But are we really invested in the potential that they can have for Christ. Oftentimes we see their problems. Oftentimes we see the obstacles. Let me tell you what allows you to just work through that and, and not even really bother you or inconvenience you. It's because you see what they can be. You see what they can be for the Lord. You look at the potential that they can have for Christ. The follow-through of the Great Commission is a commitment to the potential of another. Look at verse 15 and 16. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. God had a plan for him. You know those that were led to Christ this week by... Members of our church, you know, each and every one of them, God has a plan for them. I remind you that you were a new convert at one point. I remind you that you were nothing but potential for the Lord. Nothing but what you could do for the cause of Christ. The follow through of the Great Commission is a commitment to the potential of another. Then number four, the follow through of the Great Commission is a great and noble cause. It's a great and noble cause to spend your life, your time, your energy investing in somebody else. Well, if I, well, if I know they're going to be a success, then I'll gladly give you. You don't know who's going to be a success and who's not. We must just follow the commands that Christ has given. Let me finish the message this way. I think we get the point tonight. Let me say to follow through, you must follow up. To follow through, you must follow up. Let me tell you what we need tonight. We need Christians to surrender to be a witness. <clears throat> we also need Christians to surrender to God's call to follow through. 
there are many like the Ethiopian eunuch who want to be saved but need a man to guide them. Likewise, there are many who have already been saved but like Saul need a man to guide them. If God allows you to be that gospel God to show a man how they can be saved, we all ought to be invested in that. We're talking about fulfilling the Great Commission. There has to be those that are just as committed to helping a new Christian grow as those that are committed to making converts for Christ. There may be some who say, Pastor, I, I want to be a witness. I make myself available, but I, but I can't. Maybe I can't go like I used to go. I, I, I'm not as bold as others might be. Well, friend, God may have you grow, and God may have you give the gospel when you can, but God may have you as an Ananias who is a disciple, who is growing in his own right, who is, who is serving the Lord, who is invested in the church, that God could call and say, hey, I'm sending a new convert your way. I need you to guide them. I, 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 have, I, have, I have determined before this world was ever here, I would determine this before I ever met Saul, when he trusts Christ as his Savior and he chooses Christ, I'll have a disciple ready. How many centuries have gone by where the efforts and labor of the Apostle Paul still reflect in churches today because of his life, because of his ministry? Well, how, how did that happen? There was a man named Ananias who followed through on the Great Commission. He followed through. It's like, can you imagine? You know, as he, as I mentioned, that uh, he, that, that there was a great and noble cause. Saul needed somebody to vouch for him. You know, how many pharisaical Christians that they say, he didn't mean it. It's a trick. He's pretending to be one of us so that he can get in once he knows who we all are, he's going to kill us all. You say, Pastor, do you really think that happened? Oh, just like it happens today when people say, oh, they really didn't mean it. Or they didn't really get saved. Or, or I don't believe they, they, they got a hold of it. He needed somebody to vouch for him. He needed somebody to say, hey, I'm with you. Can you imagine the, 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 the heaviness that Saul must have had as he walked into that group of believers? Everybody looking at him. But who was with him? And Ananias was with him. And Ananias gave him confidence. And Ananias gave him security. And Ananias vouched for him. I imagine it went something like, Saul, just stay with me. Saul, come in with me. Saul, you sit with me. Have y'all met Saul? We don't want to meet Saul. Have you met Saul? Saul, you're going to be my soul winning partner. Saul, you have a question? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me explain this to you. 
hey, Saul's going to preach for us. He gave him, if I can say it like this, credibility. We must have those who would say, I'll be available as a disciple. As we talked about this morning, that disciple, you cannot be a disciple if you're not involved in reaching men. But as we're involved, there are some who would give, I understand on a, on a, on a Sunday morning, there's only one person that's going to stand behind the pulpit and preach the gospel. There's only one person that's going to open that Bible and, and show somebody from Scripture their need of salvation and how to be saved. But there's got to be multiple people who would be willing to take that new Christian and follow through with the Great Commission. Friend, may we be mindful to give the gospel, may we be mindful of the entire Great Commission. Eternity reflects the ministry of the Apostle Paul. But if we put it in proper perspective, would it not be accurate to say history reflects the ministry of Ananias? Because he was just willing to obey God when he said, there's a man named Saul of Tarsus. Oh, and of course I'm paraphrasing. He's waiting on you. I've given this task to you. Sunday school teacher, that child didn't walk in your classroom by accident. That, that visitor didn't sit by you by chance. God allows people to cross our path. Will we answer the call that God has placed on all of us to invest in the potential of somebody else? to invest in the potential of another individual of what they can be for the Lord. Father, help us tonight as we consider these